You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You throw down $5 on any of these NFL games coming up this week, you get $280 in free plays. All right. Uh, we helped you make money last week. We're going to do that a little bit later on. We've got Tony's takes coming up without Tony Gimino here. But Arizona wins 85-57. to 57. Hop on in, everybody. KB Thiel setting off right now with Sheesh. Umar was special tonight. We will get to that in just a moment. Anthony Humbert with the uh, uh, Ballo and Pella. But, uh, uh, um, Schuster, <laughs> this, this game to me was very was very important on a couple fronts. Obviously, Stanford Stanford's not very good. At least compared to Arizona, Stanford's not very good. But Arizona rolled, and Arizona had depth or Arizona's bench players really started to show out. Umar Ballo had probably the best game of his career, and he's had a couple really nice ones so far. Um, you know, uh, Pella Larson is starting to round into form there a little bit. Obviously, we know about Kyer coming off the bench. This, to, get, to me, was really a game shoe where you looked at it and you looked at the bench and said – you needed a contribution from them and you got it from three different guys. And uh, a couple of the folks uh, were uh, have already mentioned this that you've uh, highlighted already. And I think that's the story of tonight's game. And it's a nice situation for Arizona to have. There's something, there's uh, one of these uh, threads. Uh, yeah, we're off to a good start already. This is going to be fun. Love, love you, Cody. Uh, anyway, uh, there's there are a lot of... Uh, I think this was an Olsen-ism, something about how uh, you would be in a situation where if you played better competition on a day-to-day basis in practice, that made some of the bench players ultimately improve their game as well. And then a couple weeks later, as the season moves along, you'd be more comfortable with the depth that you've had. Uh, And this was an example of a depth game tonight uh, where Ballo played phenomenally while Coloco had four fouls uh, mm-hmm. or was in foul trouble for much of the game. And with Tabellus on the sideline and Mike, if you have any more information on where Tabellus, uh, what, what his situation is, uh, right. you know, passing that along would be great as the uh, show progresses. No, I'm just going to sit on it as long. If I know, I'm just going to sit on it and not pass yeah. it along. Yeah. Well, uh, we're trying to, we're, we're efforting right now. on that. You're that kind of person. I know. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, ne- nevertheless, getting more depth from those players and the performance of Kyer as well. Arizona's bench looked really good tonight, and you have to feel pretty good about what the Cats can do with that sort of thing. I know Ballo is rightfully going to get a lot of the headlines tonight, but I thought Larson was excellent tonight. Mm-hmm. And the improvement that he's make, made over the course of the last couple of weeks, I think, is is noteworthy, and it gives Arizona another ball handler on the perimeter and a guy who's comfortable in this offense. And uh, it seems like maybe, you know, maybe there was a little bit of the foot injury that slowed things up a little bit. Then, you know, the transfer perhaps played. Maybe some other guys advanced over him a little bit, and there was some confidence that uh, worked into that. But he has looked a lot more comfortable over the course of the last couple weeks, and that's something that – you know Arizona what it is to fans, I think, really ought to feel good about. What it is to me too is the game doesn't look too fast for him anymore. Like early on in the season, it felt like he was moving at about about seventy percent of where everybody else was on the court. It looked like he was a step behind. He looked uncomfortable. The last couple games, and especially this one, shoe, 
He looked like, and again, he's never going to be an all-American type player. Nobody's saying that. But he looked like a guy that can be a very valuable reserve from hitting the open shot. He's a much better passer than I think a lot of people give him credit for. He can definitely see like guys cutting to the hoop. He's pretty good in transition as far as making the right decision. This was another game where this was a real um, improvement for him and maybe something, too, where you're just thinking to yourself that he just needed a little bit of time to get over the foot injury. Maybe he heard Mike Luke making fun of him. Maybe, I mean, there's a lot of different things that he could have looked at and taken, you know, some real, uh, you know, some real. uh, uh, Well, you are the maven of motivation. I think and if you were and, and if you were breaking down on, you know, Larson a little bit, I might be a little annoyed too. Uh, the Swedes don't take kindly to that. And, uh, uh, you, you know, understandably sure. so. So, you know, I applaud your ability uh, to motivate uh, in front of and behind the scenes, by the way, kind of in passing, Tommy Lloyd got on the team a little bit this week for buying into its press clippings. Mm-hmm. If this is an example of what Lloyd can do as a result of motivation, I'm not at all disappointed, and Wildcat fans shouldn't be either. This game tonight looked like Arizona was playing eight on five. Right. And could do whatever it wanted I, at any time and, and, and just at, uh, clearly, clearly dominated the performance. They, m- most of the game, they made Stanford look silly and frustrated. Yeah. All right. So let's get to a bunch of calls. We already got a ton of comments and that's what we like here. We love hearing from the fans out here. And uh, KB's already got a couple things in here. Uh, Anthony Humbert, wise man as always, Ballo and Pella. Uh, Matt uh, Matt and Robbie checking in right here. A lot of people have mentioned your background already. A couple people have mentioned, you know what's, you know what's fun about this Arizona team is that they can, and uh, let's see here, we got Gene M mentioned this. You can go, they can go small, they can go big. You've got a lot of versatile options here. And you saw that from time to time too, where when you would go with Terry as maybe one of your big men, again, you know, that that won't work against Gonzaga or Duke, but you've got position flexibility here. And I'll tell you what, having Umar Ballo really kind of, again, emerge not as an all-conference type guy, but he's so much, he to me is the biggest surprise on the team. I was expecting, and as as I've said before, I was expecting a guy that was going to be like a a Gene Edgerson type or an Ira Lee that, you know, big physical dude, and obviously he's taller, but a big physical guy, throws some shoulders, gets some rebounds, but he can do more. Like when he gets extended playing time, if he scores in double figures, it's not really a surprise. And it, I mean, he looks massive out there. He yeah, looks- and, and, and I'm sure uh, the folks going up against him notice just how massive he ultimately is. But one of the things I thought was kind of interesting, and maybe it's an Arizona mm-hmm. philosophy versus some other teams. And, and tonight's game, I, you know, kind of played into this a little bit. Look at Stanford's big men. Mm-hmm. And Arizona scouting, I thought, was really interesting here. Arizona let every Stanford big man have an open 15-footer. Right. Because they knew that they weren't going to take the shot or they weren't comfortable with the shot. Conversely, Arizona moved the ball around really well and had no qualms whatsoever about getting it inside to Ballo when he was available. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and at the beginning of the year, and if you look at him generally, you're thinking, man, this guy's raw. It, I, right. I mean, yeah, he can, like, like you noted, Mike, he can beat some people up and he can move some bodies around and the rest of it, but he's not really a scoring threat. He's just kind of a, you know, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. Who's yeah. Probably better on the defensive end. He's going to get you some rebounds. He's going to be a hustle guy, which is all well and good. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, 
Arizona has confidence that this guy can play on the inside and be effective from a scoring standpoint. That's something that, and we've talked a lot about this with Coloco as well. You know, Coloco doesn't have the best hands and so forth. And over the course of, you know, that one period a few weeks ago, and we're going to get some better quality tier athletic games coming up. So maybe this still, you know, remains a little bit of an issue. Uh, but uh, Arizona doesn't seem concerned about anybody on the floor touching the ball at any given time. There seems mm-hmm. to be enough confidence in the way that the offense flows and, and the way that the team responds that there isn't, there doesn't seem to be this moment. It hasn't happened with Vallo. It, it hasn't happened with Coloco, sometimes to the frustration of the fan base, where it's just like, okay, if that guy's open, they're going to touch the ball. And if that guy's open, they're going to touch the ball. And it seems to create a, some, a confidence that maybe a lot of other big guys don't have at this stage where they're just supposed to be guys around the perimeter. Arizona seems to have a lot more flexibility in that regard. And we saw a lot of it in dominant fashion tonight. I got to give uh, my guy John Schuster a lot of credit here. I like comparisons. Schuster doesn't like comparisons. Although um, I want to get into a an interesting comparison tonight that I'd like to break down at some point. But please proceed. Okay. And uh, Schuster said this, and I think it's spot on the more uh, research that I've done on this. This team reminds John Schuster a lot of 87-88. I don't go back. That was my my comparison. You're absolutely right. Go ahead. Okay. I don't go back that far. I only go back. From 92, 93 on, I'm your man. But John Schuster from 1892 to 93 is your man. But Schuster, it's your it's your theory, not mine. Go ahead. Put, throw it out there. What do you well, got? Well, you know, when the game gets a little bit lopsided, and you, you and I have talked about this a little bit over the course of the last week, uh, and, and the more that I look into the parallels, and again, nothing is exactly parallel. There are a lot of similarities here, including the coach who bounces on the scene and brings Arizona back from kind of, you know, I want to say the dark ages necessarily, but definitely a downtime. You know, uh, Olsen did that. Snowden had run its course here, and then Olsen started to build a little bit. And when Arizona got onto the scene, they jumped onto the scene, and it was immediate, and they really haven't, for the most part, left since. Then and, and and I think that the Tommy Lloyd similarity, the way they play, Lute Olson similarity, there are a lot of similarities in, in in some of the specific players that I think are kind of interesting too. But I, I looked at some of the numbers. Real quick, real I, quick. I just want to I had a couple people message. No, Schuster's been good. Schuster, I'm saying that I checked in at 92, 93. Schuster has been good from about 1892 to 93. Go ahead, Shu. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say. It's actually more like the 1600s, but you know, a- after a while it just all, all the centuries just kind of blend together. <laughs> right, um, right. And, and nevertheless, um, one of the numbers that caught my attention is the number of times that Arizona won games in 1988 by 20 points or more. Do you want to ve- They were 33 and three that year, 34 and three. Do you want to venture a guess on the number of times that Arizona won games by 20? I'm going to say out of their 35 wins, not 34. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to say 35. I'm going to say that 22. That's pretty close. It was 19. Yeah. The I figured it was something team, super high. That, the 1988 yeah. team beat teams by 20 or more. Not double mm-hmm. figure wins. 20 or more 19 times that season. Uh, and and their average margin of win was 21, 84 to 63. Right. Uh, 85, 64, somewhere in there. Uh, they were very impressive, and they beat the hell out of teams. This team does the same thing. 
I didn't... Uh, and, and this is because I, I think there was a number tonight that ESPN used that Arizona has led by at least 19 points in every Pac-12 game it's played this year. Uh, now, whether that's going to uh, continue based on the way the schedule amps up here in the next few days, probably not. But uh, Arizona is definitely something to reckon with. And I feel like the way that they look has a lot of reminiscent similarities to what we saw in 88. And maybe, just maybe, it's a second honeymoon for Arizona basketball. I messaged our guy Matty M. M during the game, Matt, Matt Mulebach, to the uh, to the common folk out there. And I told him what you said about 87-88, and he loved it, especially in the front court. Now, I've, I've, it breaks down a little bit kind of at the shooting guard, point guard spot. I get what you're saying about Kerr is Kerr and – you know, Dale and Terry is Craig McMillan or whatever. Maybe but Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton, yeah. But he absolutely loved, and we're going to get to all the Pella comments here in a second because you guys are spot on here. But he loved Ben Mather and his Sean Elliott as uh, Tom Tolbert, Azulis Tabellis, and Christian Coloco. Um, in the Anthony Cook as, as right. a, Yeah, as, as mm -hmm. Anthony, uh, as Anthony, I almost said Anthony Gimino, but um, <laughs> about yeah. the same. He, yeah, the mistake no, happens a lot. He loved that. All right, real quick, real quick. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, great deal going on right now. You throw down $5 on an NFL game and you get $280 in free plays if that hits. Now, let me get the disclaimer out so we can get you some money real quick. Arizona only, 21 and up. Eligibility restrictions do apply. New customer only. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you on your feet and back to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I love saying that. All right, here's my quick pick of the week. Everybody out there, if you're going to do this, take the Green Bay Packers to beat the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback for the 49ers. Go, Shu. Uh, Garoppolo is 4-6 and six in games where he commits a turnover. Mm -hmm. Seems like there's a decent chance that that could happen. Uh, in weather and against uh, what's been the best team in the NFC. I think the Rams are going to beat Tampa, and I think Buffalo's going to win at Kansas City. Really? Okay, well, there you go. There's your DraftKings Sportsbook pick but of the week. keep in mind, and a lot of folks in the uh, scroll have noted this, I also thought that Stanford was going to cover, and the final would be about 78-73. Oh, but it's... No! Disclaimer! Right, right. Disclaimer. yes. Disclaimer. All Take right. That. Take Let's, it all for what it's worth. Hello, Larson. Now, and Robbie met, Robbie mentioned this. Gene M mentioned this. Uh, our guy Kobe uh, Thiel mentioned this. He really is kind of a punching bag out there. You go out there, the guys always fall into the ground. And uh, he had three. And Robbie uh, uh, correctly pointed out that I didn't even know until she just messaged that he had three blocks today. I mean, is this going to kind of be the guy that he's going to always be hurt, but mainly because of how hard he's playing? Well, now you've got two guys who fill a similar role, which maybe make, makes things a little bit difficult for the opposition. Is Kerr a better outside shooter? Yeah. Uh, but Larson, I think, is a lot more crafty and perhaps a little bit more athletic than we give him credit. Yeah. And now that he's coming into his own here, you know, I think we're, uh, we're seeing maybe a little bit more of that. Had a really good defensive performance. Got to the lane tonight whenever he wanted. Uh, which makes things really interesting because it opens up Arizona's passing game. There was a sequence tonight that I thought was really also interesting from an Arizona maturity standpoint. Creesa uh, and I think it was Silva. There's about 13 minutes left in the game. It's already done. Uh, right. But Creesa and Silva get into a little snarling back and a, forth. A fake and, skirmish. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you can tell coming out of the timeout, 
Parisa wants to hit the three. He wants to jack that 25-foot three-pointer just to stick it to Stanford. So they inbound the ball, and Parisa gets it. And what does he do? He fakes the 25-foot three-pointer, passes it to Larson. Larson fakes the three-pointer, moves into the lane. They find Ballo for a three-point play, traditional three-point play. That's maturity that maybe you don't necessarily always expect uh, from any college basketball team or maybe some professional teams. But I thought it was a really nice microcosm of perhaps the direction that this team is going. You've got you got a couple you got a lot of pesky dudes on this team and a lot of people where it's easy for fans of the opposition not to like them very much. And Larson, I think, is slowly moving into that category, although Crease is obviously going to be the main punching bag. Here. This 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 made me laugh. Gene M says DT. DT Dalen Terry is my X factor. Pella is mostly forgettable except for getting his butt drop kicked frequently. <laughs> you know oh, Gene. Oh, That's... Gene. Although Terry's really, Terry's, Terry does a lot. Terry to give does. Arizona. Uh, again, again, one of the things that we forget, and, and, and I know at this stage we really aren't forgetting it. Uh, Stanford scored in the mid 50s tonight. Right. There are a lot of reasons for that. At the tip of the spear, at the beginning of the javelin. It's Dalen Terry. Right. Uh, t- and, and, and Terry defensively really helps Arizona in the backcourt, whereas Coloco and now Ballo help Arizona extend the defense in the frontcourt. Isn't he the perfect fit on this team, Dalen Terry? I mean, he really, because when you think about it, you got a lot of guys that can score or need the ball to score. And that's not a bad thing. That's just called basketball. Benedict Matherin is a scorer, he needs the ball to score. Um, uh, Julius Tabellis, much the same way. Kirk Risa is going to get his shot attempts one way or the other because the ball's in his hand and he's going to get his shot attempts. When you've got a guy like Dalen Terry that you can look in the box score and he gets three shot, maybe three shot attempts, but he's got nine rebounds, six assists, and you know he's guarding the other team's best. Uh, I almost said guarding the other team's best defender, which would be a heck of a trick, but uh, I guess he could. But um that's the kind of guy, a lot of times you don't see a roster with guys like that where you have somebody that's really willing to take, either designed to take that back seat or willing to take that back seat, Shu. Yeah, and uh, just do the glue stuff that uh, makes your team better as a whole. And But extend it a little bit, and and the point is well made uh, in the scroll about uh, Daylon Terry. Half of that point is well made. The Larson thing is just... Mm-hmm. Man, you start mouthing off about Swedes again. If you view this as motivation, then uh, may- maybe you're looking at the long game here to make Larson better, and uh, then ultimately we can appreciate that. But is there anybody on this team, and maybe that's the reason that the one player isn't here, that doesn't belong on this team? No. They all kind of fit. You know what it is, too? There's no dead weight, and I hate saying that term. My mom always gets on me about it because she says it's condescending. You know what? I'm not – listen. If you're a scholarship basketball player, I'm not. There's been guys in the past on good teams that have just kind of been dead weight. I'll throw one guy out there. Uh, Daniel Dillon was kind of dead weight, you know. On he tried really hard. First it's Sweden and now it's Australia. Yeah, wow. he tried really hard, but you know what? When uh, Salim Stoudemire's coming out of the game and Daniel Dillon's coming in, it's there's a little bit of a difference. Yes. That's a, this, this team, though, if Christian Coloco goes out of the game and I got to throw in Umar Ballo for what, you know, uh, ten, eight minutes? I mean, you think I you got go, a chance. I, yeah, I can go extended period of time right there. Oh, David, this is actually true right here. 
but not early on in his career. Isaiah Fox yeah. was good early on, but after that, he'd be kind of – Kirk Walters was kind of kind of in that yeah. same – But Guys get that – you know, the all of the years that you play college basketball, that's going to happen right now. Arizona's lucky that that doesn't seem to be the case here, and mm-hmm. that bodes well for their fortunes as uh, things move ahead. But, you know, the larger point here, Mike, is that – while Stan, the, the matchup for Stanford and Arizona is clearly problematic for the Cardinal. The Cardinal had coming into this game more quad one wins, whatever the crap that I means, saw that. you know, than, than any other team in the conference. They beat USC last week. I can see the way that they run their stuff and if they're hitting from three-point range, that they can be a problem, I think, for but certainly a USC. We've seen that. Right. And I think they can be a problem if they can control their turnover issue for a team like Oregon. You know, if they if they get into motion and things start to flow very well, they 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 may be able to surprise like that. But Arizona certainly imposed its will tonight and did so more or less with its bench. They were without Tabellus. They were largely without Coloco. uh, And it was Ballo, Larson and and Kyer was good tonight, too. There right. was they they played there was there were good performances eight deep and Arizona extended the lead mm. consistently with two or three bench players getting long minutes. All right, here need to give you a real quick uh, COVID nineteen. If you haven't heard about COVID nineteen, you've probably been inside not watching TV for a long time. All right, so here's the deal: COVID nineteen vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those twelve and older are also uh, uh, eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov for a location near you. I have gotten my COVID vaccine. John Schuster has got his COVID vaccine. So you know what? If you're looking to follow the leader and you're on the fence, what would Mike and Shu do? Well, I just told you what we would do. All right. So back to the uh, back to the game at hand right here. Let's get to some more of these comments. Uh, I think this is another great point here by our guy Kobe, and then we're going to get to some more. Thinking about it, nobody is selfish in this rotation. Uh, uh, ben took a charge and passes up shots to get his teammates up. Top 10 picks passing up shots and taking charges. Not a lot of those around. That's an interesting point because this is a guy that's going to be a top 10 pick. And when you look at his stat line generally, you don't see the numbers where it's like 22 shot attempts or, and granted a lot of that's, you know, because of how they play their, their game, but there's nobody on this team that you look at as being selfish or, you know what, if I don't get mine, I'm not going to be happy the rest of the game there, shoe, Which is helpful. And he's shown versatility as well. And tonight was one of those games and, you know, players get this too. Uh, you know that the team across from you isn't as good as you are and, you know, you've got different ways to pile on. So sometimes you can play a supporting role and get other people who aren't consistently involved involved. I think the good news about Matherin and um, perhaps some others on this roster, hopefully the Tabella situation is not bad and uh, he will be in the lineup sooner rather than later. But we've seen Matherin be quote unquote selfish at a time when Arizona needed Matherin to be a selfish basketball player. He was right. the guy who had to score. And and if they needed a bucket, very often Arizona was able to get it. And he did that. Tonight, he did something else. He played good defense. He yielded to others and seemed perfectly comfortable within the flow of that. And you talk about Terry, you talk about Matherin. There are guys up and down this roster who seem comfortable with what they're doing in the overall process, which is win basketball games and try to look convincing doing it. Ryan DeMarco, another uh, another great man right there. This team still has so much room to grow. It's pretty crazy. And that's the thing. 
I, you watch this team and there's still, they still do dumb things, which kind of, it, it's not a, it's an awesome, it's a really, really good team, but it's not a, a well-oiled machine. How about that? And that they have stretches, especially to start the game. Now, granted, it, they were uh, overshadowed by Stanford turning the ball over at an absurd rate, but there's absolutely times where you're like, man, you're just careless with the ball. And, you know, Oh, you! Oh, you're gonna you're gonna slap me around no, there. No, not not necessarily. Oh, you are. Go I ahead. Think, go ahead. All right. All right. I think a lot of that has to do, and and this is a term that I've uh, used in a couple forums. Is this gonna be here. a hot take? Well, the lights in front of me are kind of toasty, so I might be sweating here any moment. Uh, but other than that, no. Uh, Arizona has lulls of death. Not runs of death. They they we expect them to have runs of death, but I think I think Arizona basketball is kind of a lot like a racetrack. Uh, you're gonna go. You're gonna have your chances where you go down the straightaway, but you're gonna have to downshift to go around the bends. And because they have so many possessions, you know, consider if you look at a bunch of other. Doesn't Arizona lead the nation in number of possessions overall? And Number yeah. of possessions under five seconds. Under five seconds like is the one I've so seen. What's, yeah. So what's going to happen? You have one team, let's say Stanford. We'll use them as an example. Played them tonight, uh, or Arizona. Stanford, if it's comfortable, is going to have eighty possessions a game. Right. Arizona, if it's comfortable, might have one hundred and thirty. Right. Uh, so in the course <laughs> of a, in the course of one hundred and thirty, how many times are you going to look kind of bad for a while? Right. But the way that the system works is that when you go on those runs and get into the straightaway, you can pull away and then kind of just trade space as you work around the bend. It looks bad. It doesn't look exciting. It looks sloppy, but then you get into the straightaway again. Uh, and that seems to be like a that. lot That's of... Fair. I like that, that. That seems to be... So, so yes, you want them to be better. You want them to limit mistakes, but they have, and I'm, and I hope they do. And I'm sure the coaching staff does as well. And against better teams, they're going to have to do that. All right. But they also have so many more possessions that there are more opportunities for them to, for, for, for them to create the illusion that maybe things aren't going as well as we think. they David Matola. And I think I got that name, right. Arizona football under someone <laughs> ran a five second offense, dude. That is the line of the day. Uh. David, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> All right. We're going to do something different here. Now our pal, our good pal, Anthony, Tony Gimino is not here. We have a segment called Tony's takes where a little bit of the background here is this, is that I like saying things, I like making proclamations, but I believe them. I don't, don't just throw them out there for no reason. Anthony is the professional. Anthony is the guy that's like, whoa, pump the brakes there a little bit. So we're going to do a Tony's take here where John Schuster is going to pretend to be Anthony Gimino, and I'm going to say something that I really do believe, and John Schuster is going to come back at it with what he thinks – that our guy, Anthony Cimino, might say, hold on, i got to find this cool little graphic right here because it's actually a lot of fun. As the kids would say, this is something that might be fire. Hold on, and now I – where is it? Where is Tony's takes? Uh, da, da, da. Do you want hmm. me to stall for you here a little bit? Yeah, go it's ahead. It's keep... not only fire, it's lit. All right, keep talking. Literally talk. and figuratively. All right, keep talking. I don't know that is, it's... it's that kind of graphic. Do you know. want me to just make it up here? I I, I can do that if you want to. Oh, I got it. I got it. We're good. Oh, sweet. We're good. Okay. Right, check this out. We All lost right. five viewers during that. I apologize. Oh, no. Come back. Come back right now. Um, Tony's takes. All right. Mike Luke's first remark, and I believe, <laughs> and I one hundred percent believe this. 
This is the best U of A basketball team since 2002-2003. I I believe that uh, this team can put more pressure on teams than some of those Miller teams. I think this is better than 05. I believe that this is the best 2000. This is the best team since 2002-2003 when they were ranked number one for about eight weeks. And what would you say there, Tony? Well, Mike, let's just slow things down a little bit here, okay? I think Arizona is going to be judged on how it does in the NCAA tournament. Now, the 2005 team was very good. And some of the teams at Sean's Peak were also uh, very talented. So there are there's a lot of room to go. Yes, Arizona is playing very good basketball right now, especially on the defensive end. Dare we forget the defensive end? It's very important. They play well on the defensive end. But uh, just making that kind of wild proclamation at this point just might be too early to do. And we will ultimately have to wait and see until we find out at the end of the year how they do in the NCAA tournament. Because, Mike, that's where it matters. All right. Well, 2005 then. I love Anthony Humbert. I'm going to disagree with him here. This team doesn't have Mustafa Shakur. That team did have Mustafa Shakur. Tony or Anthony, I say that this team would beat that team. Am I stupid? How? Do, of course you are. That's the only hot take I can agree with. As uh, by the way, uh, as, quick, as Anthony, as Tony Gemino, um, CJ back real quick. Just so you know, Anthony. Uh, Shu is pretending to be Anthony Gimino with the really low hat right now. So He's go got ahead. the wrong team, but right, it was go. the only one I could find. Right. Uh, but they're both World Series champions, and Anthony likes – oh, I like Boston. Yes, I like Boston a lot. I really like the Red Sox. Uh, <laughs> Boston is a very good sports town, and I'm going to wear neutral colors because I believe in professional journalism, and that's the reason that I will not wear one of your DraftKings T-shirts at this stage, even though I think they are very cool. But <laughs> Again, this comes down to tournament performance, Mike, and we won't know until the end of the year how that lays out and whether this team was better than some of the teams that uh, you mentioned before and you are, in typical Mike Luke fashion, undervaluing. Yes. All right. Well, Tony, you can take your hat off now. Those were Tony's takes right there, superimposed by John Schuster. All right. So looking ahead right here, you know what I feel about this team, though? Oh, and one thing, too, that we need to talk about real quick, real quick. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Throw down $5 on a game. You get $280 in free plays if that team wins. And you know what you can do with that? You can go with, you know, you can bet on Arizona. You can make things like that happen right there. And uh, we've already told you, this is easy money right here. Take the Green Bay Packers to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo will thank you for having faith in him to lose that game. It will happen. And I think uh, John Schuster agrees with me. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Okay, there you go. All right. You know what I do like about this team a great deal? This team will not – if if there is a team that has a significant talent disparity or just isn't as good, they're not beating Arizona. I just don't see – I don't see – and we talked about this a little bit the other day. I don't see Arizona losing to any team in this conference, really under any circumstances, that isn't – USC, UCLA, or Oregon. Those are the only three teams. I can't see them getting upset by Oregon State or Washington or any of those bums. It's those three teams 
that those are the only ones that I'm worried about. Which is really good news if you want a high seed in the NCAA tournament. Mm. Uh, so, you know, as long as they don't have a bad loss, and right now clearly they don't, uh, and don't have a stumbling block like that in conference play, they're going to be seated favorably, which helps them make your case as far as a deep run is concerned that maybe this is the best Arizona team in nearly 20 years, a case that, uh, you know, we'll still try to figure out as things progress. But nevertheless, yes, it's the way that they've played and, and based on what you and Anthony have talked about on a number of occasions in regards to uh, margin of error, certainly uh, plays into that. And it, and it does look that way. This- now, the thing is, Mike, you know, over the course of the next, what, week and a half, uh, there's going to be some really interesting basketball games there. And I guess you have to hope because the string gets interesting. They played the night. They play Cal Sunday. They're supposed to play UCLA on Tuesday, which I'm guessing is going to happen. And, and of course, USC's it's a nine there. o'clock tip off, which ha- which Naturally. the majority of the nation won't see. But right, you know, and then and then they've got SC, and then they've got UCLA again. So what you hope doesn't happen with Sunday's game is that Arizona's looking ahead and kind of takes Cal light, lightly, and it ju- just turns in a terrible performance. So that may be a really interesting one to test your theory. Uh, tonight, I thought Stanford would make it competitive. Clearly, that wasn't the case. Cal is one of those teams that, you know, can be can be competitive for a while, decent, and then probably fades against the top tier. But, you know, we'll find out uh, how Arizona responds. It, it has the potential to be a game where maybe Arizona doesn't play particularly well because they're just not paying that much attention. But if they can win it going away and then head into the big matchups that are ahead, you know, that's just another thing that bodes well. All right. Shoe, mm-hmm. can't thank you enough for hopping on. All of you people, this was awesome. Uh, love the fan engagement. Tony's takes is going to take off no matter what Tony uh, what Tony wants or not. Kobe, I love you. I don't see Cal giving us any bit of a run right there. We can continue that via Twitter if you would so like. But all of you out there, Anthony, Robbie, CJ, uh, Chico, all of you people out there, and I'm, I know I'm going to forget a few because we've had uh, quite a few comments. The you man. guys are all the best. Ryan DeMarco, Steve R., Ricky, oh, Ricky Garrett for sure. You guys are the best. We appreciate you, and we will be back with you Sunday. That's actually – we'll be on – I think it's a – Yeah, Sunday. I think Sunday? it's a – Yeah, Sunday. I think Sunday, it's a 1.30 tip, so we'll be on about 3.40 or so. Again, all you people out there, greatly appreciate you all. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.